0: Welcome to Startups for the Rest of Us. I'm Rob Walling, and today I sit down with Robert Surti and we talk about how to keep your remote team motivated and engaged. This topic is based on a request that I received at MicroConf Europe And Robert, as the founder of Session Lab and a team of 13, has quite a bit of experience on this topic. So he's a founder, not a business coach or a consultant on how to keep your remote team motivated and engaged, but they have experimented a lot over the years with strategies and approaches for doing so. And I think it turned out to be a great conversation. If you've ever thought about selling your SaaS company or your WordPress plugin or even a content website head to microconf.com slash sell. We have some great resources for you there, such as the psychology of exiting your company, which was a talk by our very own Dr. Sherry Walling, as well as a way to opt in to hear about our exit event, which is an exclusive microconf retreat we're thinking about running next year. Plus links to episodes of Startups for the Rest of Us and all of this is brought to you by our brokerage partner for 2023. It's Quiet Light Brokerage. They're an entrepreneur-led organization that assists people with growing, buying, and selling online businesses. I have a very high opinion of Quiet Light and how they operate their business. Their reputation is stellar in our space. Thank you to Quiet Light for supporting MicroConf and this podcast. And I hope you'll check out microconf.com sell as well as quietlight.com if you're interested in learning more about buying, selling, and growing your online business. And with that, let's dive into my conversation about keeping your remote team motivated and engaged. Robert, thanks so much for joining me.
1: Thank you. Excited to be here.
0: Indeed, sir. So you are the co-founder of Session Lab. You are a tiny seed EMEA company. And the H1 of Session Lab is an easier way to design workshops, drag, drop, and reuse content, calculate time automatically, collaborate in real time, create a workshop in minutes, not hours with Session Lab. So can you give folks an idea, first of all, of the stage that Session Lab is at,
1: whether it's revenue or employee headcount? We are 13 people uh, growing profitably and about session lab itself uh, so we help facilitators consultants team leaders to design and deliver effective workshops um typical use case you would use our workshop agenda planner tool if you have a, a full day strategy workshop or a two-day leadership retreat somebody plans these processes what people do at what time of the day and and that's the facilitator and these are typically facilitators agile coaches org dev professionals learning and development people so we help them design better workshops. Uh, and next to that, there's also, we have the biggest online library of workshop activities. So if you look for icebreakers, energizers, brainstorming techniques, head to Coms library, and you can get inspiration for your next meeting or workshop.
0: And in case folks are curious, where are you located in Europe?
1: Uh, we are a fully remote team. Uh, our company is officially Estonian. I live in Hungary, my co-mother's in Sweden. Uh, we are Estonian e-residents, and our companies in 10 different countries. <laughs> as for team members. So uh, uh, practically we are remote since day zero. Uh, we happen to be in different countries, and that's, that's how we started to grow the company.
0: Well, that's bootstrapped and mostly bootstrap playbook almost, right? That's totally. what we do. It's, we, we don't have the money to hire in these major cities, and so we, we look around for the best people we can find. So I want to set the stage for this episode. I actually was approached at MicroConf Europe in Lisbon just a month or two ago, and uh, I didn't get his permission to use his name, so I won't use his name. I'll keep him anonymous. But he said, you know what, I'd love to hear an episode about team engagement, specifically remote team engagement. How do you keep your employees, contractors, whoever you consider to be on your team, motivated, engaged, even just knowing one another? The more you know the other people on your team, the less likely there are to be, I don't know, maybe conflicts, or there's, it's easier to um, work together. So I actually posted in the Tiny Seed Slack, and I said, I'm going to record an episode around this, who has some thoughts on this? And I got a bunch of really good responses, probably a dozen responses from very knowledgeable founders, all running teams remotely. And I think the first thing I was struck by was how many founders, including you, said, I'm not an expert, but here's what we do, right? So that's the thing, like y- you run this team and-, and
1: how long has Session Lab been around? So practically, we, we started the company 10 years ago. First five years it was a hobby side project. Then we realized, oh, we have customers, this is a business, Let, let's build it, I mean, we went full-time. A year later, we started hiring people as as our revenue grew. So essentially, there's two big distinct stages. And, and the interesting thing with remote engagement is it was definitely a process for us to realize that, well, building a team is a job itself and, and getting people engaged, because initially as founders, we are into product and thinking about marketing and sales, and then we realized, oh, we have now people on the team. It's not only myself or two of us. So we need to figure out what is our culture and how to keep people engaged. And and that's a very organic thing. And it's not the first thing that came to my mind. We also had our stage like, oh, we actually need to put more attention uh, to how how we engage people and what's our culture.
0: Right. It's. I think a lot of us who worked at other companies, i worked at a startup that was probably 40 people when it started or when I started there and then it was several hundred by the time I left and the company culture stuff always felt like just bull to me it was like let's just come here and do the work but what i realized later as i started running teams as well if you don't introduce a culture then the culture will happen on its own and you won't be in control of it right and so that's where mission vision values i always thumbed my nose at them these 50 percent companies but a lot of that was because I didn't feel like they were accurate or true versus like my mission now. And I think Microcomps and tiny seed mission is to multiply the number of independent, self-sustaining startups in the
1: world. That's a real mission. And you see it, we're actually doing that. Most missions and values. Yeah, and, and you're, you're walking the talk. Right. And, and, and that, that's a big difference between a small and large company that you as the founder in, in a small team, I mean, you have an integral part in setting the culture. Right. So
0: we're going to dive into your response along with some other points that were brought up by by other folks. As I said, there were like 12 dif- different responses, but yours was Good. It was long, it was detailed, it was thorough. And then your co-founder, Philip, even weighed in, and we'll look at one of the points he raised. But in addition, there are some other tiny folks who weighed in and certainly want to thank everybody who, who kind of offered some points. Again, couching it with like, you're not a company culture, neither am I, a company culture uh, expert nor a consultant, but this is what's working for you. And I've run remote teams, I would have to even count. It's got to be four or five Range, you know, Tiny Seed is six people and Microconf is five or six depending on how you count and Drip was 10 half remote, you know, when we were running it. I mean, anyway, I've just had a bunch of experience as well and I've seen kind of what has worked and what has not. So let's start with daily check-ins. And this is something that you mentioned that you do. You async daily check-in specifically. A lot of people I know do not. Like, we don't do daily check ins at TinySeed or MicroConf. We do have a weekly meeting where we get together and talk about stuff, and then everyone, you know, the, the introverteds in our midst go separate ways and, and get work done. But specifically, you said there are a bunch of tools for async daily check ins. You're using GeekBot, and that when usually when you start your day, if you're working it's at Session Lab, you answer four questions a combination of social and work related. How do you feel today? What did you do since yesterday? What will you do today? And what obstacles are impeding your process? So talk me through this. Like, is this working? You know, did you try other things and weekly wasn't enough? Like, why do a daily async check-in?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and, uh, and first of all, it's a very iterative process to come up with what works for you and your team. I mean, we had different processes in place at a size of three, four, five people. And now at 13 and probably will have different as we grow. I think just to take a step back, one thing I would structure the thinking on various tools and processes, I see two big purpose, and we can break down to further sub purposes, but two two big areas, both want to help with with efficiency, so enable people to get their work done efficiently, because everybody likes to do great work and, and be enabled to do that. And in the same time, also help people to feel valued, to feel appreciated and, and to feel belonging. And, and most of the tools and structures are either for one or the other or a mix of both. For, for this part, the keeping aligned, we actually do weekly alignment calls as well. So uh, every Monday, we have three bigger teams in the company, product, marketing, and customer success. We have a 30 to 45 minutes sync call where we align on the weekly priorities. Or, and if there's any questions, then we discuss those more in detail. And then these check-ins, then it's, it's a mix of keeping that alignment and also a social part because essentially it feels good when we know that people are around, they are present, they are available. And also it's, it's how we we shape these things. I think important that, again, you walk the talk, what you expect when you communicate with your colleagues. A fun thing that, that emerged over the years, like we have people joining and they say, when I was working in person, I never knew that much about my colleagues. And, and that's because we share a lot of personal things in, in these first question, how do we feel? They don't just say, yeah, I'm okay. But what did I do yesterday? What did I do the weekend with, with, with friends, with my kids, whatsoever? And, and it's really up to the individual how much effort you put into it. But once you start opening up, you share more personal thing, you show some vulnerability, people get that. And, and then they also join in that. So then it, it's like a good async water cooler. And just like when you you enter a real office, people say hi to each other and, and they may have some short chat here as well. You, you can engage with it if you want a given day, or you can just not if you have other things to do on that day uh, when you start. So that that just evolved uh, both with a, with a social purpose of, of like having this water cooler, and next to that, essentially helping each other know that what am I focusing on a given day? There was times when, when it just, we used slightly different question, it didn't work as much, and then every once in a while we reflect, does this still work? Is this still giving value? If not, we tweak on it. Uh, if it's good, then we keep doing it.
0: And in addition to a daily check-in, it's very common to have weekly, monthly, and there's one-on-ones and there's groups. And you specifically called out a few of these. You said these regular practices that some other folks mentioned were. I believe you, do you have a week starting team alignment call?
1: It's yep. 45 to 60 minutes? Yeah. Practically, uh, with each 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 Monday, we have a, a, a team call with a sub team. So, uh, in our case, product marketing, customer success, where we align on the priorities, see where we are with our quarterly objectives, projects, and and, and that, that that kind of gives the focus for the team. And and, and these daily check-ins are more like just uh, what do I do on a given day, uh, breaking it further down.
0: The the weekly get on the same page meetings is that. The entire company, or is it team based? So, if there's product and dev, that's one, and then customer success and support maybe is another.
1: In our case, we, we now do it team-based. But again, as, as we evolved, um, I think when we were like size of five, six, uh, we had it together and, and then we broke it up, then product was a bit bigger team and then customer success and marketing did it together. It's, it's really like what, what type of, of projects and, and, and goals rocks we have in a given quarter and, and just making sure that this alignment supports achieving uh, what you want to do in a given quarter.
0: Got it. And then I believe, do you also have a bi-weekly all-hands that's forty-five minutes.
1: Yes, we, we 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 just change it actually from from weekly to bi-weekly because it's it's a lot of meetings. Yeah, uh, that's and the problem. We, that, uh, yeah. we, we, we I mean, in a way, there is a. Uh, so meetings have a cost, and so does working on a dead-end path has costs. Uh, so there is a fine line between the two. And it really depends on, on your team as well, uh, how, how much experienced people you have, what, what type of things you work on. We, we are trying to use, the, for example, the old the hands more for the purpose of, of uh, some more inspiring presentations or, or things that everybody is useful to know about. Let's say if you work on customer personas uh, or, or have a big design project, that, that affects everybody. Th- those are good to be presented, while it's less for less for aligning uh, in terms of a, a practical operational way got
0: it and those are still work focused not like a monthly hangout that i heard several folks talking about
1: yes that that's right and, and that's more for um so yeah, the all hands are more for keeping us uh, on the same page what's happening on a big picture or more on a strategy level why while, while we also want to make sure that on, on the side of let's have some more team bonding and team connection we have uh Every month, month and a half, some online team event, an hour off. Ideally, something facilitated activity where we uh, get to have some fun. I mean, I would say if we would work in person in one city, we would probably go out in an evening or do, do, do some activity together. We don't have that. So we want to make space. On a grander picture, what really helps us is uh, to have also a um, team retreat. We try to have it twice a year. All of us get together for a week. And, and both we use it both for a work purpose, to workshop on, on a project that, that really benefit. From that focused attention that you can have in live and also have some leisure day when we have some organized activities and, and all, all the leisure time all the unstructured time we have together but in our case there is half a year between them so we want to make sure that next to the, the everyday work there is some activities where we both celebrate successes and also have some some uh, moments to, to build uh, connections and build bonds and, and again just have opportunities where we can bring a bit more ourselves
0: yeah. That's a it's a luxury that we have at MicroConf Tiny Seed that we have so many in-person events that we don't have to structure or we haven't traditionally structured external team retreats where we just go to a place because we meet up at MicroConf, we meet up at TinySeed Retreats. Yeah,
1: that's, that's an amazing opportunity. It,
0: it's really nice and, and it's, a, it's an opportunity that SaaS companies don't have, right? Because you're, you're located remotely and there's just no reason for you all to be in a room. But the value of getting into a room, I know as companies get bigger, like I believe Zapier went down to a once a year company retreat because it's, it's a quarter million dollars or something to throw their company retreat because it's so many people, right? But it's like, I think like three times a year would be ideal you know to get people together,
1: yeah, and, and it's amazing how much those intense in-person meetings fuel collaboration. I mean uh, there, there's a concept of a trust battery that that you you build with small human interaction and I mean you spend time together. and and when that battery is high, then collaboration is is happening at a higher quality d- during online work. so we, we definitely see after the retreat, uh, they just uh, we communicate more, we ship things faster, we we uh, solve disagreements faster. It makes a difference. And then we need to also get by <laughs> between two retreats to to uh, build up this uh, this these, these trust batteries practically, or maintain ma- maintain them to a high enough level <laughs> that it doesn't doesn't uh, deeply too much before we reach next one.
0: Right, for sure. And so we were talking about an all hands that you do every other week that is still focused on work stuff. Do you also, much like several of the folks who weighed in on the Tiny Seed thread, do you also do like a monthly hangout where it's still remote and it's the team getting together just for kind of happy hour ish and more personal conversation?
1: yeah, I would say that that's more the the team bonding focused events where we don't have a work agenda, but it's really to to have an hour of of time spent together ideally doing something uh, which which has some theme, some activity. Uh, one of our favorite activity that has been a big success whenever we played is uh, an online board game called Cozy Juicy Real. Uh, which is, again, an activity which is somewhat facilitated and, and you open up about certain aspects of your life and, and you, you give appreciation to each other, uh, you express gratitude to each other, and that just makes feel everybody happy. I mean, in, in the end, I think all, all these retreats and team activities definitely does have a cost in time and money, but people want to be part of a workplace where they are valued. If I reflect uh, in, in my previous work experiences as well, Whenever I fail that my bosses value me, I really put my best there because I don't want to let people down who care about me. And and that that, that feels good to be at a place where you are valued.
0: Finding the perfect software engineer for your team can feel like looking for a needle in a haystack and the process can quickly become overwhelming. But what if you had a partner who could provide you with over 1,000 on-demand, vetted, senior results-oriented developers who are passionate about helping you succeed and all that at competitive rates? Meet Lemon.io. They only offer hand-picked developers with three or more years of experience and strong, proven portfolios. With Lemon.io, you can have an engineer start working on your project within a week instead of months. Plus, you won't waste your time on candidates who aren't qualified. Lemon.io gives you easy access to global talent without scouring countless job boards, and it's more affordable than hiring local talent. And if anything goes wrong, Lemon.io offers swift replacements, so it's kind of like hiring with a warranty. If you need to grow your engineering team or delegate some work, give Lemon.io a try. Learn more by visiting Lemon.io slash startups and find your perfect developer or tech team in 48 hours or less. As a bonus for our podcast listeners, get a 15% discount on your first four weeks of working with a developer. Stop burning money. Hire devs smarter. Visit Lemon.io slash startups. I want to read a couple of other responses around a monthly hangout that were in the Slack thread. These are from other folks who weighed in. One person said, we have one monthly call with the entire team. We do a round of personal and work-related updates followed by a round of talking about a fun fact or playing a game on the call. So it's similar. It's a good way to get to know everyone and learn a thing or two about them that usually doesn't come up in normal work-related conversations. And then another founder weighed in, we started doing a monthly happy hour for a social gathering of the entire team. We do social activities like trivia games, guess the desk, I'm not sure what that is, et cetera. People seem to love it. So this does seem to be a a relatively common theme with remote
1: teams. Absolutely. And I think it's like you don't have that intense uh, human interaction as you would have in person. So you need to make space Various ways for people to interact, both both in a group setting, also if you can in a one-on-one setting. One of the useful things that we we have seen that we are trying recently is so p- people working in same teams they interact often, but people who don't work in the same teams don't talk as much or don't interact as often. And and uh, we introduced, for example, one one activity where we have randomly assigned one-on-ones. So uh, not not for a work purpose, but just like take half an hour from working time and, and just have a chat with. Uh, and we we use a Slack app called donut for this, uh, which essentially takes the scheduling or the uh, the randomization, which is also a nice small thing that it makes sure that between two retreats or between two such intense uh, occasions, you actually get to speak with everybody on the team if you want. By the way, most of these things are also optional, the online team events, the extra one-on-one chats. So if people want, they can, they're not forced to participate, but most people love it because it just builds human connections.
0: So I'll be honest, you all do more than I do typically do with my remote teams and when I hear you describing the meetings it feels to me like wow that's a lot of meetings but maybe it isn't that way maybe it doesn't feel that way in your company how, how do you think about that you know at what point is it too many and does the value decrease because each of these things you introduce can increase connection but I think at a certain point people will also glaze over at another zoom
1: meeting. Yeah, that, that that's a good question. I think everybody needs to evaluate it for themselves. What is the point where you feel it's too much? I mean, in our case, that's in average weekly two meetings for alignment and, and team purpose. Is that much or not? We feel when we have less that we either have a gap in, in the team bonding side or we have a gap in the alignment side. And essentially, one of these is more for alignment, one of these is more for the team spirit. And very importantly, if you have a team, I think one thing that we initially thought it's all on us as founders to figure out, but the people who, who, who are in our team, they have experiences themselves as well, what worked well in their previous jobs and what. So we, we try to reflect together what works well and what not. And, and there, there is a process, for example, we recently figured out that it's not worth it to have two uh, every week in all hands. So we do it bi-weekly. And if it doesn't give value bi-weekly, then we do it monthly.
0: Right. So if you find you're in too many meetings, you just kind of space you space it out further as you said. You went from weekly to every other week to monthly. And I want to touch on two other points in this interview, two things that you specifically called out that this first one I found kind of interesting, you put in the Slack thread. Another interesting addition in the past half year in our workflow was part of our team using a sort of spatial video conferencing tool to hang out there during the day. The concept is it's easy to move your avatar away, but if you want, then it's very quick to start communication with other people just by moving next to them. And you're using spatial.chat for this.
1: Yeah, that, that, that was a fun experiment, uh, which is more in the work efficiency category um, in that initial categorization that we realized that uh, we had a couple of more complex projects where it was important that we, we can align quickly when we have a problem. We had a major infrastructure change and and, and we had a series of, of bigger questions where it was just important that the key developers could interact quickly. And then it's definitely not a tool we, we use company-wide but there is the opportunity for people who find it useful to do it. Essentially, you need to still have chance to to work focused, and, and and it gives that. But if you quickly need to regroup to discuss something, then you do that. And for our case, our our dev team enjoys it, so so they going back there uh, on a regular basis, and and uh, I think most days, uh, one or two hours. It's important to have the discipline, though, because uh, like you just don't want to hang out because <laughs> it's definitely a need to have focused time to do deep work. But if you find what is the intersection then, and especially if you have, have a need for that, if you have a project where, because uh, some, sometimes uh, work is simple and, and you have well-scoped uh, projects to work on that everybody can take on individually uh, and execute. Sometimes there is way more complexity and, and you need two people to be able to jam quickly on something. And when we recognize that case, then this is useful.
0: One other tool you mentioned that I thought was pretty clever is you said it's not so remote specific, but one management tool I find really useful is sending a monthly reflection survey at the end of each month. It asks about accomplishments and challenges of the past month, asks how I can help, and asks for a rating on how happy, satisfied they are and why. And the results go directly to you, the founder, not to the person's manager, so talk us through the thought process of that and what information perhaps you're learning that you wouldn't if you didn't have those.
1: Yeah, so this is a bit of a heat check on the team to to get uh, an impression of of how we're how how everybody is doing individually. And first and foremost, which is even more important, that everybody has a mentor manager who who takes care of one's personal development uh, and that one progresses. But this is more, when we reached the stage that uh, I was not anymore in a regular connection with each team member, then it was just a really practical way to, um, first, the reflection part, that each month you actually have a moment when you look back, this is what I achieved this month. And also, "What, what, what are my challenges? And... If everything is perfect and ideal, word then then this has no new information because the the manager of the person already took care of that. But there is always a couple of people who who for various reasons have have ver- various difficulties, more challenges, and they just essentially one outlet where you can voice that. Well, I'm not that frustrated to proactively seek out support, but but if I ask and and I build the trust that whenever you say something that you need help, then I follow up. Then people give that trust and they indicate well something is just not going the right direction, and then we we can help faster. So it kind of helps to catch uh, issues earlier on, and and also it's definitely have the element of not to go around one's managerial line. I mean, it's, it's a complex word for a small company, but but uh, still give one more space to to say if you feel that uh, things are not in the right direction. And also what I found really useful is this uh, essentially quantitative feedback uh, of rate how you feel on a scale of one to 10 in, in the company. And and uh, it really is a quick feedback tool. And uh, if you give us lower than certain rating, I know that oh, I, I need to really follow up and pay attention and... and uh, and not just me, but then we discuss with the manager. What can we help? How can we support you? Whether it's whether you had a more difficult personal life in the past weeks, or it's work-related, like what can we do to help? So it 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 just helps to catch these things.
0: Well, thanks for talking us through all the tools that you're using to grow Session Lab. I think before we wrap up. I wanted to offer one more comment that a Tiny Seed founder, who I, I didn't get their permission to mention him in the show, so I'll just keep him anonymous for now. But something they said that I think you and I probably both agree with, but I'm curious to hear your, uh, your take on it. They said, I feel async remote requires different strategies versus purely remote where you can be synchronous. This founder says, we have very small overlaps of working day with the majority of our team, so we have to spend a lot of time on developing processes to ensure everyone is on the same page and working on the right goals. As much as we would love to do a big all-hands weekly catch-up to build team culture, it's impossible for us to find a time that works for everyone. So we have to rely on Slack and ClickUp communication most of the time with varying levels of success. So async remote, different than remote. Do you have experience with this? Do you have thoughts on it?
1: Well, uh, only partially because we're in a lucky situation. We are roughly plus minus one two hours um, uh, same time zone, so so we have the luxury to be able to uh, to meet each other. And I think it's a sliding scale, like uh, between all, almost having a full overlap versus having zero overlap. There is a uh, that, that's a spectrum. In the end, I think that the processes are very similar. It forces you to document effectively to have have the right processes, but also I, I think that that that's a hard Thing to start from and uh, i would definitely in, in this case uh make sure that it, it's great to work with people remote if those people are experienced in remote and experienced in their specific job as well so if i would not have overlapped with somebody who i work together with then i would be very cautious to handle uh somebody who just started out and one one way is to just try to find people who are experienced both with remote work and with their specific field because that that decreases the need of how much to uh, how much how close you need to communicate uh and other than that just t- take efficiency <laughs> uh to to uh, to a higher level yet you still you need to build those async processes as well to uh, have people feel valued and appreciated and part of that team if you want to build it for the long run it's easy to say and, and hard to do
0: i agree i mean i feel like in a perfect world I would be in an office with my team maybe two days a week, two and a half days a week. That's what we had when we were building Drip with most of the team. And it allowed us to collaborate, stand in front of our whiteboard, hang out, go to lunch. And then the other days we were at home and I was focused on getting work done. That was my ideal situation. That's just not feasible, really, for the types of companies most of us are building. And the next kind of hard, I'd say harder way to do it, it's not hard mode per se, but it is more difficult, is to have a remote team and to have to try to get people together and get everyone to like each other and get people on the same page and build the culture. And then the next hard mode is async remote. It's so hard when everything is has to be you know, a Slack response or a video recording or an audio recording or whatever it is, it really is a next level challenge. And I, I would guess that most companies, whether bootstrapped or not, most companies around the world will have, you know, significant challenges doing async remote.
1: Yeah, that's so true. I mean, uh, it's such a great opportunity if you can start at least with a team that is in roughly your time zones. uh, That makes interaction easier. And also, uh, it just makes it easier to meet in live uh, once a while. Because that's a strong starting point also to help defining your culture and, and align with those people.
0: Right. And I know that's just not, you know, what we're talking about is just not feasible in every part of the world, right? You and I have this luxury of living in the U.S. and in Europe, and there are there's a lot of talent within, as you said, plus or minus two, three hours of us, and some parts of the world, that's just not the case. And so you certainly have your work cut out for you in that situation. Robert, thanks so much for joining me today. If folks want to keep up with what you're building, sessionlab.com. And is there any social media that
1: folks should follow? Yeah, on LinkedIn. Uh, Robert C-S-E-R-T-I happy to connect there and thanks so much Rob pleasure to be here thanks for coming thanks again to
0: Robert for joining me on the show and thank you as always for listening to yet another episode of the show this is Rob Walling signing off from episode 689